My friends, today's gospel is no doubt a familiar one. Someone strikes us on our right cheek, we're to offer them the left. Someone sues to obtain our tunic, we are to hand over our cloak as well. And someone forces us to go one mile, we're to go two miles, and there's more. Love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. You know, this is a familiar message. We have heard this before, but no doubt, unless you're not like me, I suppose, uh, we do struggle uh, to live it. My friends, there is a spiritual battle going on for our souls. And today, Jesus teaches us spiritual martial arts. Jesus judo, if you will. Judo, of course, means the gentle way. Martial arts utilize various uh, physical techniques for self-defense. It uses the force of our enemy, our adversary, to disable him, to change the dynamics of the situation. True martial artists do not try to injure their enemy, do not try to injure their adversary, their opponent. They work to perfect their own character and to grow in virtue and discipline. We know that if someone curses at us and we respond by cursing back at him or her, he or she uh, knows exactly what to do, and there's more cursing. But Jesus teaches us not to respond in kind, not to respond uh, to cursing with more cursing, but to respond instead with a blessing. If someone strikes us on our cheek and we hit them back, he or she now knows exactly what to do, to hit us again, and this time perhaps even harder. But if instead of hitting them back, we in faith and in real strength, honestly, and in unconditional love, we present our other cheek, our adversary, our enemy is then caught off guard, doesn't know what to do, really. Wasn't expecting uh, perhaps this sort of response uh, from us is very confused, maybe even frightened of us, that we would have this kind of control, perhaps even converted. You know, NPR years ago had a great example of this. This man named Julio uh, uh, lived in the Bronx. He always, uh, he's a social worker. He would drive uh, the subway, uh, number six train, and he uh, had the habit in the evening of stopping one stop short of his home and then walking to get some dinner. One night he did this, and he uh, exited uh, train number six onto an empty, trap, uh, empty platform. He was presented with this teenager who yielded a knife and demanded his wallet. He did the right thing, he did the safe thing. He gave him his wallet, and he walked away unharmed. And then he turned around. And he said, oh, you ought to take my jacket as well. I'm going home to a warm apartment. If you're going to be spending the whole night stealing, uh, it's cold out, you're going to need this jacket. This kid didn't know uh, what to do. Why are you doing this? And he said, you know what? I'm getting ready to go have some dinner. I was, that was my plan anyhow. So he took my wallet. Uh, why don't we share uh, dinner together? And that's exactly what happened. He practiced some Jesus judo. He practiced the gentle way, 
and this kid was converted. My friends, God slowly revealed himself to us. He slowly revealed himself and his plan to us. He revealed himself to us, of course, as a Heavenly Father. He made us in perfect harmony with him. You know the story, Adam and Eve and all of us along uh, with them kind of messed things up, didn't we? And in our brokenness, well, when someone takes out our eye, we feel like we have a certain right to uh, do even worse to them. Maybe they deserve two eyes taken out. I'm the innocent party here, after all. Why should the guilty party only have one of his or her eyes taken out? It doesn't seem fair that we would be treated equally. This is how we think. And violence then escalates. But the law of Moses, back in the Old Testament, right, tempered our anger. And it limited punishment to the amount of harm that the offender had caused. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But today, Jesus reminds us that God became flesh and dwelt among us in order to bring an end to this violence, to bring an end to sin and death, to help us transcend our bro broken human natures, which seek to settle the score, if you will, by telling us, telling all of us, to offer no resistance to one who is evil. Father Simeon, as I often quote, says, the Lord who came into the world precisely to conquer evil, here teaches an astounding strategy. Defeat evil by surrendering to it. You know, this strategy, I don't know about you, but it seems kind of cowardly, doesn't it? It certainly seems un-American. Our Christians, are all of us disciples, really not allowed to defend ourselves? Of course we are. We can surely defend ourselves. There is an obligation, in fact, for self-defense when our life is being threatened. But the examples Jesus gives in today's gospel do not seem to be life-threatening uh, situations. They seem to more rather deal with insults and claims to property. I mean, if you think about it, in order for a right-handed person to hit someone on the right cheek, it would almost certainly have to be one of these sorts of backhanded slaps, more like an insult and not a threat to bodily harm. There are, of course, circumstances in which we are called to use force. After all, Jesus did use force when he cleansed the temple. We do need our military men and women. We do need our police officers and our border security. We almost certainly do not need capital punishment, but we do have the means of keeping these evil people behind bars. Today, we learn Jesus' judo in response to our adversaries' insults and their attacks against our worldly possessions. We learn, or we're reminded of, the gentle way. Today, as we look around a world that is increasingly divided, God says to each of us, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. He says to us, transcend evil. Don't engage it, but you must rise above it. You must transcend it. 
He says to us, along with the psalmist, to be like him, to be like the Father. Merciful and gracious is the Lord, slow to anger and abounding in kindness. Not according to our sins does he deal with us, nor does he requite us according to our crimes. He deals with us this way. He's calling to, for us to deal with our neighbor in the same way. Today, we are being reminded that our enemy is not flesh and blood. Our enemy is the devil. Our enemy is his many, many lies. We don't actually hate our enemies. We don't hate those who disagree with us, those perhaps that are even persecuting us. We don't really hate our neighbor. We certainly don't hate family members or classmates. We don't hate our boss or our coworkers, government officials. Am I getting closer, right? We don't hate these people. They are, we are, of course, all products of an increasingly confusing world. And like us, they need love and mercy. They need truth, beauty, and goodness. And we know what happens when we respond to hatred with more hatred, when we don't practice Jesus Judah, when we don't practice the gentle way. We forget that our Father, we have literally prayed thousands of times, ends by saying, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And we forget that we are beloved sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father when we play sports, that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, and so are our opponents. They, too, are temples of the Holy Spirit. They, too, are beloved sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father. We forget our call to humble patience when we get behind the wheel of our vehicles and we use it to assert our certain rights, if you will, to the highway. Someone tries to cut in line, and we speed up. We close the gap. When our desires, our, our best efforts, if you will, us, uh, do not succeed, and they get ahead of us, well, then we ride their bumper. Perhaps we do things even worse. But we're called to not incur sin because of them. We know what happens within us when we respond in kind. You know, it's okay to arrive literally one car length late. It's okay. Jesus invites us into that Jesus judo, that gentle way. He calls us to take some deep breaths and to go in to that place of inner peace. My friends, Lent is upon us. It's Wednesday. Lent is a perfect time to practice all this and more, to practice our Jesus judo, to work on our prayer lives and our sacramental lives that we're uh, called to live. You know, it's impossible, impossible to love our enemy without a robust prayer life and living out the sacramental life of the church. You know, there are perhaps very few prayer black belts here among us. Perhaps there are some of us, I don't know, uh, that literally have no belt at all. If that's where you are, that's okay, but the Lord is inviting you into his inner heart. He's inviting uh, 
those of you to, that do not yet have a prayer life to speak to him from your heart. If you have uh, perhaps uh, obtained some white or yellow sort of belt status, you seek the prayer in time. You seek the Lord in prayer in times of need. The Lord is now inviting you to not approach Him like an ATM machine. There's no special code. There aren't certain words if we say them in particular order. He's going to give us some sort of grace. We ought to call out to him in our true need and in, his, and in our love for him. Maybe uh, you have achieved a higher level of prayer and you've achieved that orange or green belt, a prayer belt status. And you regularly have your vocal prayers, you're praying the rosary and the chaplet of divine mercy, these beautiful prayers of the church you learned so long ago. But as St. Teresa of Avila said, we begin to pray in a human way, in these vocal ways that we learned as a child and are led by God himself to pray in a divine way. Well, God revealed himself to us as a divine, as a trinity of persons, right? He uh, invites us then into a relational sort of prayer. And St. Teresa of Avila gives us three ways in which we can obtain perhaps blue or brown or even black belt, prayer belt status by counting our Lord as if he is our best friend, because he is. And to be receptive, to be generous, and to be detached when we pray. If we come to the Lord in prayer and are not coming to speak to a person, a divine person, then we're really missing an opportunity for a true encounter of peace. And when we're doing all the talking, it's hardly a friendship. So we have to be receptive. We have to enter into the silence. That's where we hear the Father's voice. And we have to be receptive to receiving the love and mercy he desires to give us in this time. And we have to be generous. If we give uh, him a lot of clay to mold by being generous in our prayer, morning, noon, and night, he can mold us more perfectly into his image and likeness. And when we are truly detached in these 20 minutes with our coffee when we close our eyes and meditate on God's goodness. We express our love uh, for him, our gratitude for his grace. When we uh, do that and set aside the cell phone, set aside all the worries of the day or what we have to do throughout the day, when we set it aside, we, drew we do truly encounter this God of love and mercy. And when we then go and live the sacramental life of this church uh, better by first uh, preparing ourselves to receive the greatest grace, God himself and the Holy Eucharist, by first going to confession, by first visiting those doors of mercy, we do move from that Old Testament sort of love that we hear in that first reading to love our neighbor as ourselves, to what Jesus Christ has called us to do, to love as he loves, to love unconditionally, literally unto death, to practice that gentle way 
And then not just our hearts will be converted, but the hearts and minds of all those that we encounter each day. So let us put in a plan. It's days away our Lenten journeys. Let us practice some Jesus Jiu-Jitsu, uh, Jesus Judo, and may God be praised. Amen.